Episode 23, Interview with Jeff Evernham. Hey everybody, this is Ryan and Ben, and today we're going to be talking with the VP of Strategy and Solutions of Senequa, Jeff Evernham. As always, we'll have links for everything in the show notes, from his company, to himself on LinkedIn, to his blog post, and everything in between. So, let's get the interview going. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have Jeff Evernham, Vice President of Strategy and Solutions with Sinequa here to talk about AI and where it's going. So, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ben and Ryan, for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't we get right into it? Absolutely. So, Jeff, we want to start off with this. In one of your blog posts, you explain why generative LLMs are not good at search. Can you explain that for our audience as well as ourselves here? Uh, sure. And uh, that's a great question because I think there's been a lot of confusion out there. When ChatGPT came out, people were saying, oh, it's going to replace search, Google, watch out. And I really don't think that's the case because it's fundamentally doing a something different than what search does. And as we've seen from some of the news that has come out since people have had time to play with these things, there are some shortcomings in the kind of search context. So let's break it down. What's the difference? Search is about retrieval. For search, you wanna go out and find something that already exists. But a generative large language model like ChatGPT doesn't do that. It creates something new every time. That's the G, the generative. It's generating a response each time you prompt it. And as a result of that and the way it's modeled, there's actually four problems when you put a a generative LLM and try to do search. First of all, as we've heard, accuracy is a problem. It can hallucinate. They make things up because it's not retrieving something. It's generating something based on probabilities. And it could say something that's wrong. It doesn't have, that's the first problem. The second problem is it's not current. It doesn't have the latest information in its model because these are very expensive and costly to train. The third is it's not focused. It's this giant model that knows about so many different things. So when you ask it a specific question, it could pull probabilities from the whole world of information, not just in the area you're talking about. And then finally, it's a black box. When it gives you that information, you can't trace it. You don't know where it came from. So you can't verify whether it's accurate or not. So four four problems when you take a generative LLM and just say, "Hey, we're going to use it for search." Right. Yeah, and and that's that's great. And when you talk about the um, talk about like the accuracy and stuff, I love it when people have um, misunderstood that it's a generative model and they view it as like it should be perfect at math or something like that. And when that's kind of misunderstanding exactly what this generative language model is actually supposed to be doing there. Um, but yeah, so, so that's great. All right. You mentioned also that um, in another one of your blog posts, which for our, for our listeners, these blog posts are amazing. And we're going to have these linked on our website, the chatgptreport.com under this episode, as well as on our Twitter and LinkedIn. But you mentioned 
that search results are even more important when paired with a generative LLM like Bing is doing right now, and it looks like what Google's trying to do. So can you explain why search results are even more important when they're paired with these generative LLMs? Sure. And I just said these don't work well at search. So if they don't work well at search, then why are Google and Bing so excited about putting them in? Well, you just have to take a different approach to solve the shortcomings. And so you don't use the large language model to get you your information. Instead, what you do, and we don't know exactly what Microsoft and Google are doing. They haven't disclosed that. But we can make some educated guesses about what they're doing. And most likely what they're doing is instead of asking the large language model to answer the question, they're running a search and they're getting the search results back from that question. And then they're feeding the search results to the large language model and they're saying, hey, large language model, answer my question, but answer my question based on this information. And so when you do that, the large language model is now not trying to answer the question based on what it's been trained on. It's trying to answer the question based on the search results. And so that way, we solve some of the problems. First of all, we solve the, the current problem. The information is, is completely up to date because we're able to search the web. It's going to be more accurate because it has less information to work with. You're giving it focused information. And then it's also going to be traceability. So you can, you can trace back and say, hey, here's where this came from. So when the knowledge comes from the search engine and the large language model is just simply the interface, it's writing a summary or it's interpreting those results, um, that makes a, for a great user interface. That's why Google and Microsoft want it. But now the value of that result is based on the search results. And so the search results are even more important. And just a, a quick little example, if we get if we run a search and we get 10 results back, it's very easy for us to look and say, example one, oh, that's that's good. Result number two, that's good. Result number three, hmm, I, I don't think that's relevant to my question. Result number four, ooh, this looks like fake news. We filter that out naturally, but a large language model is not going to be able to do that. So you need to have very good search results because the quality going into the large language model is going to be the quality that you get out. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that actually brings up another good point here because it, it, I didn't realize it went through it like that. And it, so we had access to Bing recently and it is the, the new Bing search with chat. And it's amazing how much slower it is than chat GPT just general. And it makes sense now, like kind of what you were saying, it, it does the search and then the large language model over it. So it takes it, a long time, really, because I was messing around with it. And I mean, I'm sitting there going, man, this is taking quite a while. But, you know, it's it's live and it's going through this entire process that you just explained. So you explaining that makes a whole lot more sense on why Bing and chat um, with the whole combo of it right now is 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 slow, really. Well, and I think they're probably doing something else, too, because <laughs> after they get the results from the LLM, they're searching the answer so that they can provide the footnotes that they do so they can provide the links back to the source material. So they're actually running another process at the end of that to give you the references. Right. Gotcha. Now, um, that's going to be great for, uh, that's, that's a great kind of like 
solution, and I believe this is going to be a great solution for people, everyday people, individuals looking at trying to find information. But a lot of people are trying to find, like AI is a buzzword right now, and they're trying to figure out how do I use this buzzword AI that is changing the world and everybody's excited about it, and they say it's going to change the world. How do they use that to apply it to their business other than I can make you know text on their website or something like that, but that's maybe not an everyday occurrence. So it seems like you all are actually providing enterprise solutions for that. So can you explain a little bit about what you are doing and how you're helping businesses with that? Oh, sure. Yeah, Cinequa is a software company. The software we provide is uh, an insight engine. And what that really means is we're actually just like Google, but instead of searching the internet for responses, we provide a way for companies to search for the information within their organization. So instead of having to, you know, search multiple places like today at work, Oh, you got to search your internet, the intranet. You didn't find it. Look on SharePoint. You didn't find it. Search Salesforce, search your email, search your file system. You kind of have to go all over the place to track down some information. And the search quality in each of these applications isn't that great. I mean, that's not their focus. They're not search companies and search is a hard problem to solve. And that's what we do. We give you one search interface so that you can access and find all the information within your organization right where it lives with one simple interface. Now, But that's really just a starting point because once you have that information accessible and searchable, there's all kinds of specific business apps that you can build on top of that to solve problems. Like think about customer service, for instance. If uh, customer service, that information is scattered, right? Your customer info is in one system. Your order information is in another system product information in another, case history, maybe a dozen different systems that someone has to log into in order to handle uh, a customer call. And with Cinequa, you don't have to do that. We use the power of search to bring all of that information together instantly from those systems so you get better issue handling, faster resolution, and more satisfied customers. Uh, And that extends to other areas like research, engineering, et cetera. And we are using artificial intelligence in that process. We've always had natural language processing at the core of our system. We've worked on that for many, many years. But this explosion of large language models has really been exciting. And we've added large language model capabilities to our platform last year with what we call neural search. And that's really given a dramatic improvement in the quality of the search results so that people can find information faster be more focused and it's it's more forgiving too because it understands language. Neural search that's uh the marketing team deserves an award for that one. That's solid. <laughs> um, I'll but, let them know. <laughs> um one of the thing that kind of leads into what we were looking at next, um large language models you mentioned that you're using those now and um we've mentioned that language models are generally looking to generate answers that fit a pattern in the form that they believe you are looking for but they're not always accurate like that's how you get the hallucinations um right so in your application for enterprise applications where you're you're using your data how do companies guarantee accuracy of answers when using internal company information like if i ask a model to look at our past five years of revenue in our yearly reports and tell me what percentage of sales 
Product X grew over the course of, or like over year over year, how do I know that that answer is accurate or is that asking too much for the technology at this point in time? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I think the answer is a little bit nuanced because what it depends what kind of large language model you're using. So you got to remember these large language models are trained to do a particular task. And so you can have a general task or a specific task. And for Cinequa, we actually are using four large language models, or we've derived four models from a large language model in our neural search. But all of those models have been trained to improve the retrieval process. They've been specifically trained to handle the task of working with enterprise data and retrieving it. So if you get the result from Cinequa search, you can be sure it's right because we're just retrieving information that's already there and you get full transparency, you can see where it came from and you can check it. But if you were instead used a generative LLM, then you can't be 100% sure, uh, at least not without separately fact checking the result. And so, the, and how are you gonna do that fact checking? Well, you're probably gonna run a search and uh, find those results and compare them and make sure that they're accurate. So we can, we can apply generative LLMs, and we're looking into how it's going to best do that for different applications, but the search LLMs that we're using right now are not generative. That is a great way to point out the differences there between like the generative and the different language models that are out, because I think language models are a buzzword as well, and they're not super understood, the differences, at least on the surface level for the layman or, you know... Um, the normal people out there. <laughs> the people like us, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Jeff, we're, we're running out of time here, so we wanted to get to our final question. That's a fun, short question that we ask all of our guests. And what is one small task that you would like AI to do for you in the future? Oh, that is a fun question. I'll say selfishly, and actually coming full circle to an earlier example, I would just love for it to handle every time I have to call customer service. Um, getting through the menu system to talk to a real person and then waiting on hold forever. And then I, it seems like I usually have to get escalated or transferred to somebody else who can solve the problem. And it just takes a lot of time. I'd love for that to, to go away. So whether it's a, an AI on their end that makes it easier or whether I can, you know, take chat, chat GPT and program it to do it for me, either of those would be a lot of, would be a, a big help. It sounds like a million dollar idea, really. That would, uh, <laughs> a lot of people would pay for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but we're just at the beginning. I mean, we're going to need to be thinking a lot bigger yeah. than solving little things like that because there's, there's so much more to come. Oh, yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today. You've been great. The insights are awesome. And in this short interview, you've shown your knowledge, but I would absolutely recommend for our listeners to go read his blog post and he, he puts out regular ones and it, it really is good information in those posts. So, um, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on today. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, thank you guys. Keep up the great work. You're doing a great job taking a complex sub subject, boiling it down and uh, serving it in bite sized chunks. So I've really enjoyed your podcast. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. 
Thank you for giving us a listen today. Rate and review and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss our two new episodes every week on Monday and Thursdays. Give us a follow on Twitter at ChatGPTReport and check out our website, thechatgptreport.com. Please send us an email at thechatgptreport at gmail.com. We hope you have a great rest of your day.